The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and the one that would betray him. And he said, for this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, Many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. 1407 Venice, Longmont, Colorado, 80501. The address where I grew up when I was a kid many, many years ago. How many of you think you could give the full address of your childhood, including zip code? And how many of you, keep your hands up, are willing to say that into a microphone if you're over? <laughs> I always wanted to be kind of a talk show pastor. 675 South Water Street, Watoma, Wisconsin, 54982. Yes. Thirty ten West Sixty Third Avenue, uh, Maryville, four six four one zero. Maryville, Indiana. Oh, thank you very much. And just one more. One hundred Essex Lane, Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and there were no zip codes. <laughs> That's the best ever thing that could happen in a sermon. So I decided, and maybe you could later, because otherwise you just won't stick with me, but count all the addresses where you lived your whole life. So I had to count the one in Virginia when my dad was in the Navy, and then the five in Colorado where I grew up. And if you count dorm rooms, then there would be the four at college and the three apartments at Seminary and Hyde Park. Oh, and then when I was on internship, it was a studio apartment. Very, very small with that cool Murphy bed that folded down. And then there was that stucco house in Minneapolis. 
that I loved so much, and I kissed the ground when I said goodbye and cried. And then there were, I have to actually check my notes here, there are so many places I've lived for such a young life, right? <laughs> but the 24 years on the north side of Chicago at two churches, so five places in this community, and then currently the one in Edgewater, that is a total of 23 addresses. So what is God's address? Sounds like a almost silly question or maybe the title of a children's book, right? What is God's address? Where do you look for things like that? Google? So I Googled sacred places. Maybe that's where God lives and sacred places around the world, monuments and temples and mosques and shrines. There were a couple that I've been to, a couple I'd like to go to, many I have never heard of, particularly in Asia. All these holy sacred sites in Indonesia and Thailand and Nepal and Japan. So I don't know if God lives at 1218 West Addison, but I know that we've got some rabbits and some rats and a few rodents around. But this building will be 100 years old in about four years. We call churches a house of God. We'll be having, as you know, many of you know, a capital campaign to do some needed work on this building. A lot of things haven't been revealed yet because much work has been going on behind the scenes this summer and we're excited to tell you about it next month. Now in the South Loop, we don't own our building. We share it with an Episcopal church and that comes with its added both sometimes challenges but also gifts that we don't have to worry about that building. For Lutherans, though, we remember that in our Oxford Confession, the church is defined as the place or the people or the assembly where the word is preached and the sacraments celebrated. So for the Israelites, for the ancient Israelites, what was God's address? Well, at first, it seemed like God lived in the Ark of the Covenant, so let's ask this question. How many of you saw the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark? That's a lot of people for a movie from the 80s. <laughs> but it's actually about the place where God be was believed to live, the ark. Now think of it as kind of a god in a box. That's what it was, a traveling box where God was said to live. And they marched with that through the wilderness. They marched with that God in a box around the walls of Jericho. And I even learned that this week, I learned this week that sometimes Moses even talked to that box as if it were God. Can you imagine that? And then in today's reading, that God box, that ark, was carried with solemnity and joy into Solomon's temple, his grand and glorious building project, Solomon could have won the Lifetime Achievement Award for that most amazing temple. But the, 
question is, did God live in that temple? Was it God's address? It's complicated like so many things. We just sang a psalm, one of my very favorite, Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord God of hosts. As if God is in the temple in a special way, and so many psalms were written in the temple or about the temple. Yet the ancient Israelites, like us, didn't want to localize God to just a place, as if God lived there. So Solomon, in his dedicatory prayer we have today, and by the way, it's with outstretched arms, Arant's position, that we use in church with the Lord's Prayer, and I hope you will try as well. With outstretched arms, Solomon says this disclaimer, this amazing line, even the highest heaven cannot contain you, O God, much less this most glorious temple which I have built. All right, what about for Christians? What is God's address? Well, if it's a children's sermon or Sunday school, every answer is Jesus, right? (laughs) And yes, it's true for this. Remember John's words? The word became flesh and dwelt among us, lived among us, or as one translation says, God moved into our neighborhood. Through Jesus, the word lives among us. Hey, but what about us? Well, St. Paul also says that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. That means we could say that you are God's address. Interesting to think about. Which leads to today's gospel. After some grueling lessons about eating and drinking the flesh and blood of Jesus, the disciples say, this is weird. We're leaving. We're out of here. Jesus says to the twelve, are you going to? Peter speaks up and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You are God's address for us. In you, we meet God. So we today think about, do we build temples anymore? We do build skyscrapers to technology and industry and commerce. We give a lot of money. We give our offerings, our all our earnings, sometimes at sacred malls or at online shopping sites. And if cathedrals used to dazzle and delight, now it's that gadget in our hand that's magical and fills us with wonder. And if we think that many people meet God in nature, as I do in the Rocky Mountains near where I grew up, or at the Grand Canyon, or other beautiful outdoor sites, most of us, well, we're awestruck for a minute or two, then we take a selfie, But then we rush into the souvenir shop to buy something and to post something and to look at other posts of cats and food. I learned this week that 75% of weddings are no longer held in church buildings or synagogues or mosques. Nothing wrong with that, of course, on one hand. But the new venues are beaches and wineries and parks and ballrooms. And the thing is, you don't really need Michelle or me because your friend can get ordained online a lot cheaper and a lot faster, and there's no premarital counseling you have to go through. 
The thing is, today, a wedding in a church building seems like an inconvenient stop on the way to a party. A $72 billion wedding industry that's all about the profit rather than helping people prepare for the lifelong spiritual task of marriage. What is God's address? Jesus is the dwelling place of God. You are temples of the Spirit, God's address. God lives in all people and fills the earth with divine glory. Yet we come to this place Sunday after Sunday to remember that, to remember that all life is holy, that all places are sacred, that all people, and we mean all people, are created in the image of God. In our busy lives, it would be so easy to forget that. I hope that's why we're here this morning. For God does live here, or is present in bread and wine and water, and in you and me and this community, that God has taken up residence at the corner of Magnolia and Addison but also in your neighborhood and all neighborhoods across the city and this world with people of other faiths too and even people who don't believe in God. For if God cannot be contained, just maybe there is hope for our world.